Good stuff, good stuff. Oh my goodness, you guys. Uh, I love that song, and, uh, and I love that we have the opportunity to sing it together. And there's a line that I want to pull from, from this morning in the worship that we just sang out. And it, it ties to this idea of forgiveness. There's that line that the cross is spoken. I am forgiven. And that's a word we hear in church all the time. Forgiveness, forgiveness. And, uh, and there's a lot of layers to this idea of forgiveness. Enough that we certainly need to spend some time working through what does this word actually mean? How does it, how does it play a role in our lives? And, and why does God, uh, why does God talk so much about it through scripture, through the life of Jesus? I want to read this passage to you real quick. And uh, it's going to give us a little bit of clarity on this verse, um, which I cannot find all of a sudden. My goodness, where did that verse go? Uh, give me a moment to scratch that verse. Who cares about that one? Just kidding. That's a joke. I'll get back to it. Uh, as we, as we wor work through this idea of forgiveness, um, it ties into our series, After You. And what we're talking about with this series, After You, is having a posture of being selfless people. Being selfish is all about caring about yourself, right? When you're selfish, you think about yourself, you act uh, for yourself. When you're being selfless, it's all on behalf of others. And the key phrase this morning, uh, you're going to see it here behind me, is uh, living selflessly means being willing to forgive. Living selflessly means being willing to forgive. There it is again. That word, forgiveness, we're going to see it time and time again. Now, I don't know about you, but there is a part of me that naturally drifts towards selfishness. I can be a very selfish person. I can really think about myself. I'm really good at it. I am so good at thinking about myself. I'm so good at, at making myself happy. But I'm not very good at living selflessly. I'm not really good at, at always putting other people first. And that's where the tension lies in my relationship with Jesus, because Jesus says all the time, hey, look, you need to live selflessly. You need to serve other people. So the question I want to ask this morning is, what is it, what does forgiveness have to do with being selfless? Why is, why is living selflessly tied to forgiveness in any way? And I think the obvious answer is, well, when you forgive people, it's like you're putting, you know, it's like you're, you're caring for them. It's like you're putting you know, them ahead of you. Maybe they feel bad about something, so by forgiving them, it's like you're, you're releasing them, and that's how you're being selfless. You're caring for other people. Now, that is true, but I would actually argue that today there is a selfish motivation for forgiveness. Now, that's not the primary reason we do this, but, but there is, there, I, I think you can argue there is a selfish motive, motive to forgiving other people, and I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. Go ahead and move to the next thing. I have several moments this morning that uh, I'm going to need some awesome volunteers for. And I, in fact, three different illustrations that I need some volunteers. So can I get one uh, volunteer in particular to start me off? Okay, Gage is going to come on up here. And, and I need actually one more volunteer. Let me get a girl. Okay, Sierra is going to come on up here. Now, Sierra and I, we're friends, right? Show them our cool friendship handshake. This, 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 this. You spin around and then you pose. That's our thing. We do that all the time because we're best friends. Now, even though we have a good friendship, Sierra and I, there are moments when, like, there's a little bit of tension. And maybe Sierra is just kind of getting on my nerves because she's super annoying sometimes. 
that's not true, right? Just kidding. So Sierra is getting on my nerves, and in a moment when I just lose my patience, I say, Sierra, you're annoying. (laughs) Oh, oh no. And Sierra is a little bit hurt by that. So let's see an Oscar-winning hurt performance. Oscar-winning here. Whoa, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good acting. So I I said something. I I hurt Sierra. Now, Gage is up here because Gage is going to represent what I like to call pride. Here, you're pride. You wear that. Put that on your shirt. So Gage here is pride. And unfortunately, Gage belongs to me. This is my pride. And he's not a super happy character. Go ahead and mimic this face for me, please. That's good. Ooh, yeah, there it is. Wow. Wow. That's an, uh, another, a lot of Oscar-winning performances up here. Now, because I've had tension, I've had an argument, or I've said something hurtful to Sierra, if I think about it long enough, I might say to myself, you know what, Matt? That wasn't very nice. I shouldn't have said that she was annoying. I just was impatient, and I, I lashed out on her. That's not very kind. And maybe I might have a moment where I say to myself, I need to make this right. I know that what I did was wrong, and and I need to go ask for forgiveness. I need to admit that I did something uh, wrong. Now, here's here's the issue sometimes. Pride can kind of get in the way of me making that apology, of me acknowledging what I've done wrong. So pride's going to kind of put out a little barrier, like stop, ooh, stop. And I say, oh, you know, I don't feel very good, and I should go apologize. Oh, but, but pride, pride is saying, no, 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 no. You can't go to, you know, and pride maybe whispers some things in my ear like, like, hey, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad what you said. Or, hey, she's done things wrong too, right? And so I, I might justify my actions because of, of pride. And this is one of the things that, that Jesus wants us to understand is this idea of, of asking for forgiveness is an important part. Sometimes we think about giving forgiveness. We'll talk about that. But we also need to ask for forgiveness. You guys, we all make mistakes. Every single person makes mistakes. The real problem is that we don't always own up to it. The real issue we have in our relationships is that we don't admit to our faults the ways that we've hurt people. And it's because of this pride barrier. And the only way we can actually fix this is if when, when we're trying to come up against that pride barrier and pride's saying, stop, we got to go, not on pride. Hey, Sierra, I'm, I'm really sorry that I said that you're annoying. That was wrong of me. Right? Does that make sense? So go ahead and give them a round of applause. They're awesome. You guys can go take a seat. Easier said than done, though, right? Easier said than done to to take those steps to, to, to bypass pride, the pride barrier that gets in the way. But it's so important, you guys. Here's here's just a basic rule of thumb that I try to live my life by. And I don't always do this very well, but I think this is very helpful. I know my personality well enough to know that I could, I could, you know, be a little short with people. And because of that, here's, here's my rule of thumb. If I haven't apologized for something within the last two weeks, I'm probably missing something. That's just, that's, that's me. I will, I know myself well enough to know I can be short with people. I can, I have, you know, sometimes a bad temper. I get angry. I take, I take my frustrations out on people. I do them wrong in some way. And I realize if I haven't said an apology, if I haven't said the words, hey, I'm sorry to someone in the last two weeks, that's probably the pride barrier getting in the way. And so that's a good rule of thumb. If, and maybe, maybe your timeline's different. Maybe you're an angel or a saint and you're way better than me. That's okay. But we all make mistakes. And if you haven't said an apology in a long time, I'm wondering, I'm challenging you guys, maybe that pride barrier is getting in the way. 
Maybe that pride barrier is keeping you from acknowledging the things you've done wrong, and it's keeping you from the relationships that really matter in your life. Now, it's not just asking for forgiveness that's very important. Um, it's also about offering forgiveness. And I want to talk about this step as well. So go ahead and move through to the next piece here. Um, offering forgiveness, I think, may be an even more challenging step than asking for forgiveness. Asking for forgiveness is tough, but hey, if you know you're wrong, you kind of like, okay, I, I need to admit to this. Offering forgiveness, especially when someone's hurt you, that is a tough step. Am I right? Like, that is really, really difficult. And, uh, and here's an, I, I want to ask for another volunteer uh, to join me up here. Actually, I'm going to ask Parker to come on up. Uh, I asked Parker, do you like Swedish fish? And he said yes. And Parker and I share this in common because I, too, like Swedish fish. Can you open that for me real quick? So Parker and I, we're, we're friends. We really are. Uh, I know his best uh, I know his best ever moment in life was don't eat that, don't eat that, my friend. This is, this is mine. See, Parker is such a friend that he opened this for me. Thank you very much, Parker. Now, I love Swedish fish so much that when I hold this Swedish fish in my hand, I think about it, I adore it, mm, I smell it, I might want to taste it. But before I taste it, I might say to my friend Parker, Parker, this is my Swedish fish. And because you're my friend, I'm going to give this to you. I want, I want you to hold on to it for me, okay? I want you to just hold on to it. Don't hold it. Just hold on to it. Now, because Parker, in a moment of weakness, because he too, like me, loves Swedish fish. He loves the smell of it. Go ahead and smell that. Mm, it smells good, doesn't it? Ooh, yeah, it smells so good. He, he, he imagines what it tastes like. Does, do, are you imagining what it tastes like? Oh, it's so good. It's making his mouth water. In a moment of weakness, even though I said to Parker, hey, I don't want you to really take this Swedish fish, he kind of gave in to temptation, and he ate that Swedish fish. You can have that, man. You can go ahead and eat that. Oh, he is chowing down on that Swedish fish. Ooh, is it, is it, is it everything that, that you dreamed that it was? Now, now, look, this was a mistake that he made. He shouldn't have done that. Well, what happens when I all of a sudden come up to Parker and say, hey, Parker, man, that was so awesome for you to hold my Swedish fish. I'd like to have that back. Oh, you ate it, even though I asked you not to. Wow, I'm mad now. Now, here's what happens in our relationships, you guys. There's something that's almost taken from us. Now, maybe not even necessarily just a Swedish fish, but whenever someone hurts you or wrongs you, Something's happening internally where someone's, someone's kind of taking something from you. It, it can be an, at a, an emotional level or a mental level or a physical level, wh whatever it is. There's something that's kind of done to you that, that hurts you that's, that's taken from you. Now, here's what happens when it comes to offering forgiveness. It might be challenging for me to do that, to say, okay, I forgive you, unless Parker says he's sorry. So, Parker, are you sorry that you hurt my feelings? Yeah, he's, he's sorry. He says, okay, I'm sorry. All right, so that, that makes me feel a little bit better. Like, okay, you said you're sorry, you acknowledged you made a mistake, but you know what that apology doesn't do? It doesn't give me my Swedish fish back, right? Even though he's sorry, even though he's remorseful, I still am out a Swedish fish, and I really, really wanted that Swedish fish, you guys. I dreamed about it all morning. I thought, I can't wait to be up on stage and hold up the Swedish fish and then eat it in front of everybody and show them how much I liked it, and I couldn't do that because selfish Parker over here took that Swedish fish, and in a moment of temptation, he ate it. Everybody say, boo, Parker. <laughs> what the heck? I'm mad at you, as you can see. You guys, here's, here's what happens in, in the issue of offering forgiveness. 
is, is when a wrong is done to you, when something happens that hurts you or offends you, they can be remorseful, but it's not going to necessarily fix or replace what has been done. I'm not going to get the candy back. That's just the simple fact in this situation. It's not going to happen. It's been taken from me. And that's why I struggle to offer forgiveness because I might say to them, okay, I'll give you forgiveness if I get back what I deserve. But that's not going to happen. That's not going to work. Go ahead and take a seat, Parker. Uh, I hope you pray and reflect and repent of your actions. Um, you guys, in, in any situation, take the Swedish fish out of the equation. In any situation, if someone has taken some, something from you, if someone has wronged you and hurt you in some way, it might feel a little bit better if they're remorseful, but it doesn't give you back what you lost. And that is what makes this challenge so difficult to actually offer forgiveness is to say to this person, you know what, I guess you don't owe me that anymore. Like if I'm truly going to forgive Parker, I'm going to have to say to him, you know what, I don't really, I'm not happy that you took that from me, but I also acknowledge I'm just not going to get it back. I have to let go of that. Now I have one more illustration. Um, for us this morning. Go ahead and move to the next piece. Um, I want to talk about the resentment rope for just a second. So I need, I need someone to join me up here on stage. Okay, Jacqueline's going to join me on stage, and uh, this is this is called the resentment rope. Now, let's say, because as as I've exemplified all morning, I have a lot of tension with a lot of you guys. So Jacqueline and I have some tension, <laughs> and. In this moment, even though we're friends, she might have done something like Parker to hurt me, and I'm trying to trying to forgive you guys. I want I want to forgive. Like it's I you know I know that the Bible says that I know Jesus forgave me, but it's difficult. I'm not gonna lie, it's just difficult. I'm trying, but I just can't really do that. Now this is the resentment rope. So Jack can go ahead and take take hold of this resentment rope. Now now having resentment is is, is having these these feelings. Kind of, it's, it's these negative feelings that we hold on to because of something that's been done to us in the past. So maybe, maybe Jacqueline here hurt me, and, and I'm just going to hold on to that. That's the resentment rope. Now, because she's hurt me, I might want to get away from it a little bit. Go ahead and hold on to that. Don't let go. I, I might want to get away from that. Resent, you know, like Jacqueline, she's not very fun. I'm really mad at her. Jacqueline, I'm, try, I'm trying to get away from that. I, I'm seriously, like, leave me alone. I need some space. You know, you hurt me, you've wronged me. Like, you, you, stay, you stay here. I'm, I'm going to go over here and just get away from Jacqueline. Ja Jacqueline, for real, like, I, I need you to stop following me because, like, you, you hurt me, you've wronged me. I just need some space, some distance. Just please just stay where you are. I'm going to go around and, oh, my goodness. Jacqueline, what the heck? Stop following me. That's, that's I, need, I just, I need to get away from Jacqueline. But here's the problem when you hold on to the resentment rope, is we're dragging the people who have hurt us along for the ride. That's what's happening. If, someone, if Jacqueline's hurt me and I say, you know what, I want to get away from Jacqueline, but I'm so mad at her because she just won't let go. She just won't, she's the one who's following me. She just, she's following me around and she's just staying with me everywhere I go. I, I just, I can't get rid of her. I wish she would just let go. You guys, here's what we do all the time. When we hold on to resentment, the simple thing is this. If you really want to, to take some, some space and, and move on and, and, and heal from all of this, instead of demanding that someone else do something, you have to take action. If I really want to get away from Jacqueline, I just simply have to let go of the rope. But it's so hard to do that because then I hold on to this. I feel like I can control things. It's like when you climb a rope. You ever had to like climb a rope in gym class and embarrass yourself in front of everybody? I don't even think they do that anymore, but they did that when I was a kid. 
And they'd be like, okay, everybody, it's, it's gym day. Everybody climb the rope. And, of course, I can only get like four feet above the ground. But I'm like climbing this rope, holding on as tightly as I can because when I hold on to the rope very tightly, that's the way I control things. I want control. I want to hold on to things. If I let go, you know, you, what are you doing? What are you got to hold on to this rope? When I let go, when I relinquish control, that's really difficult because now I feel like what, what, what control do I have? At least, at least I know it's resentment. I know it's not good, but at least I feel like I, I'm controlling something. Or at least I feel like I can hold on to something. That, that at least gives me some sort of relief. In our relationships, you guys, the resentment that we carry is unhealthy, and we're just dragging people along the way. We have to make a choice to say, I'm, I'm going to let go of that resentment rope. It's time to move on. Okay, go ahead and sit down, Jacqueline. Thank you very much. Give Jacqueline a round of applause. Wow, you guys are all kind of great people but do things wrong to me and makes me really mad. Move on to the next one. Uh, here's what I want to talk about. Let it go. Elsa, let's, let's follow in the way of Elsa. Just let it go. If you are holding on to the resentment rope in your life, let it go. Just let it go. The longer you hold on to it, the more you drag the people who have hurt you around Okay, move on to the next one. I, I think we have only a couple more pieces. Now, here's a question that you might have to, your, to say to yourself. There is a huge difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. There's a huge difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Forgiveness is saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, in the words of Elsa, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to move on. I'm not going to be a prisoner to that circumstance anymore. But that's not the same thing as reconciliation. That's not s the same thing as becoming best friends all over again. And that's sometimes confused. When we talk about forgiveness, it's like, okay, if someone really hurts you, now I'm, I'm being serious here. If someone really, really hurts you, if they're toxic in your life, you are capable of offering forgiveness to them. Not to say, not to justify what they've done. Here's one thing I've learned as a parent that I need to teach Kieran. When someone hurts him and someone apologizes, he should never say, it's okay. Because that's what I used to say that all the time. When someone would apologize, hey, I'm, I'm sorry I hurt you. It's okay. Well, no, it's not okay. What you did is not okay. You can say, like, I forgive you. You can say, we're good now. But you can't say, it's okay that that hurt you. It's not okay. That's the problem. And in forgiveness, in this realm of forgiveness, when, you, when you're offering it, it's not because you're saying, what was done to me is okay. Oh, it's okay. No, it's not. It's not okay. What happened, that's not okay. If it hurt you, that's not what healthy relationships look like. But you can acknowledge that, hey, I'm holding on to this, and I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to heal. I'm ready to take the next step. I don't want to be a prisoner to this anymore. That's what forgiveness really looks like. Now, reconciliation takes two different people. Reconciliation takes two people saying, look, let's repair this relationship. If someone's hurt me, I can give them forgiveness. But if they're just going to keep doing that thing again, there's not going to be reconciliation. We're going we're gonna to start to lose our relationship. And I want to make sure that that's clear to you guys because I, for too long, just believed I have to be a martyr in my life. I have to keep letting people hurt me because that's what Jesus says to do. You should just keep forgiving. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying if someone's hurting you, you can forgive them because you can, you, you can no longer be a prisoner to that thing. But you don't, you don't necessarily have to be best friends with them. You don't have to trust them anymore, especially if they're not trustworthy. So here are three statements that I think capture the heart of forgiveness. These are, these are very similar statements, but they're all very different. So if you this morning are struggling to forgive, this is a topic that God's put on your heart and you're like, oh, I, really, I really need to work on this, but I don't know how. I don't know how I should feel about all of this. Here's three statements that I believe, um, three different postures you can take 
when you, when you take a step towards forgiveness. The first one is saying to yourself, you know what, I'm just not going to hold this against you anymore. Like if, if, if you've done something wrong to me and I'm ready to take a step of forgiveness, I'm, I might say, I'm just not going to hold this against you anymore. I've been holding it against you. It's been ruining our relationships. I'm, tired, it's ready, I'm ready to move on. I'm not going to hold this against you anymore. Or maybe another phrasing of, of how you feel is not to say that, but to say, you know what, I'm not going to be a prisoner of my own anger anymore. It's, it's a different posture. It's still in, in, the, in the heart of, in the spirit of forgiveness, but it's a different approach, a different mentality. You know what, I'm, I'm going to forgive because I'm just, I'm not going to be a prisoner to my anger anymore. I'm ready to move on. Or maybe it's the third one that you need to say, you know, I'm not going to wait for something that's never coming. Because maybe you're saying to yourself, okay, I'll forgive them when they apologize. What if they never apologize? You're just going to be waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And if they never apologize, you're going to be waiting forever. And that's not, it, that's not a, a, a good way to approach the relationships, the attitude. You might have to forgive because you're saying, I'm, I'm just not going to, I'm, I'm not going to wait anymore for something that's never going to come my way. Now, all that to say, this is not easy, you guys, and I understand that. When the passage I'm trying to find is in Matthew, I think I must have turned the page. But, but basically, there's the, the topic of forgiveness is, is, is asked of Jesus. And the disciples are, are saying, you know, Lord, how many times should we forgive? And, 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 and thinking that this disciple that's asking Jesus, thinking that, like, he's the man, he's very generous, he's like, he, Jesus is going to be so impressed by me when I say this. Lord, Lord, how many times should we forgive? Should we forgive seven times? Thinking, like, ooh, yeah. If I would have said once, that's not that many. If I would have said two or three times, that's okay, that's better. But, like, I'm going to show Jesus how generous I am with forgiveness. Should I forgive seven times? That's a whole lot of forgiveness. And Jesus responds by saying, no, 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 not, not seven times, but, but 70 times seven. And, and, he's, and he's saying that to just explain, look, there's no limit to the way we forgive because forgiveness is your way of healing. God doesn't ever want to stop healing you. So you put a, a limit on that. Forgiveness is your path to healing because you can forgive as well. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you a card and a pen. Can I get a volunteer to pass these out? Go ahead and pass out those pens. And then I need another person to pick up this paper. Split those up. I only, I only take one. You're going to get a card, and we're going to actually reflect on this, and this is where we're going to end this morning. So the band's going to make their way back up, and I want to play through one more song as just a, a way of reflecting. But when you get a pen and a card, I want you to use these next moments to just reflect. I want you to use these next moments to ask yourself the question, how does this idea of forgiveness relate to my circumstance? What is the thing that I need to accomplish that I, that I don't want to miss in all of this? So on this card has those three illustrations that we just walked through this morning. The pride barrier is the first one. And the question is, what's something that, that you've, you've done wrong that you need to admit? That, that maybe if you have pride, it's keeping you from being able to admit it. What's, um, what, 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 thinking about the candy metaphor, the candy is gone. What's What's something that's been taken from you or has hurt you? Identify what that might be. And then the last thing is the resentment rope. What's, what's resentment that you're holding on to, that you, that you recognize, you acknowledge, and you, you want to move on? And then after you fill out a little, a little line on each of those things, um, just, just think about the, the final one, which is um, how can you begin taking a step of forgiveness? So just write some thoughts on the back of this card. Um, go ahead. Now is the time. Um, start thinking about that. I'm going to pray for us. We're going to worship. Um, and during this time, just this is a moment for you. This is a moment between you and God.
Um, don't look at your neighbor, what they're writing. Get, your, get yourself some space if you need it. Uh, we just really want you to, to contemplate what is, what is God putting on your heart as you fill out this card this morning. Uh, Lord, I, I pray for um, this room full of students that as we identify the, the need for forgiveness we have in our own life, that uh, we can be honest about it. As we fill out this card, I pray that, that we, can, we can identify these three illustrations, these three metaphors, the resentments, the hurts um, that we have in our lives. God, the, the pride that, that's keeping us from, from reconciliation or from get important relationships. Um, as we fill this out, I pray that your spirit will help us take a step towards forgiveness. We pray this in Jesus' name.